This is how we do it when we do it. Like we just wanna tear the glove up. We do it like ain't nothing to it. The way we do it now, everybody put your fucking hands up. Let's go. Is that my middle name now? I didn't know your middle name. I took a shot in the dark. How did I You're do? way off. Uh, are you sure? Yeah, way off. Uh, okay. Well, I just have a question for you this evening, sir. Yeah, what's going on? Have you ever hung a garage door with Tom Skerritt? No. <laughs> I think I laughed so hard when we watched Ted this week and that line came up. That I that forgot movie, how fucking funny that shit is. That I, movie had I, so many quotable lines. It's ridiculous. I forgot. I forgot how much I enjoyed Ted Two. Yeah, me too. Uh, we'll get into that later. Oh my yeah, we'll God. talk about. We'll I, talk I had all about that. Night. I had a uh, an yeah. A plus geek night last night with all the movies I watched. Yeah, it was actually a pretty good uh, week for all that shit stuff we watched. We'll talk about all of that. Yes. Ted the yes. series, we'll talk about it now. We did not get into it because we watched both movies and we wanted to really review those before we got into the show, which started yesterday on Peacock. We did watch one episode. We'll talk about that in a Technically, few it started and ended yesterday on Peacock because they're all out. Yeah, all out. And they're an hour long, 50-minute episodes, yeah. so they're they're not easy to get into. We figured it would be a 20-30 minute show, but um, we only got into one episode, each of us, so we'll talk about that in a little bit. But first, let's get into... The first fat fuck segment of the year. Burger King. I know you're not a big fan of Burger King and their artificial smoke flavor they put in all their yeah. patties and the yeah. frozen shit. However, I am a fan of candied bacon. I don't know what your thoughts yes. of that are. It's have you ever, I was going to ask you, have, have you ever made candied bacon? Oh, yeah. I, not only okay. have I done that, but my favorite, one of my favorite things are the candy weenies. When you put the weenies, you wrap them in bacon, you yep. just douse them in brown sugar. Oh, my fucking God. Yeah. But they're coming out with a Whopper with candied bacon. Um, if you're into Whoppers, which they're okay. If you, It's one of those All things, a Whopper is is a burger with... Lettuce, tomato, and mayo, right? And, Isn't that and, all and, you, can add, and you can add cheese and bacon. Well, yeah, cheese, shit. obviously. But, um, but yeah, but like that's all it is. Like a Whopper is basically just a cheeseburger. It's yep. not like a Big Mac where they have, which we'll get to in a minute, but it's not like a Big Mac where they have a certain sauce or something like that. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, just a standard. A it's just their standard size, uh, not the small, but it's kind of just a regular size cheeseburger. Um, but yeah, they're putting candy bacon on it. Candy bacon Whopper coming out sometime in January. Also, coming out with a spicy, fiery... Big fish sandwich. I've never had the big fish sandwich there. Um, I am not getting my fish products from I don't fast think food I, restaurants ever. Although the, the the fish sandwich at McDonald's is pretty good. I mean, if that's if you're, I don't drink, but if you're drunk, it's probably a great sandwich. But if you're fat yeah, like see, I am, it's great too. It, here's the deal with the fish sandwiches and whatever from fast food is. I work in a seafood restaurant. Yes. Literally, the only seafood I'll eat is if I buy it in the store myself or if it's at the restaurant because you don't know when the stuff came in. Like, at least I know when that stuff's all fresh. 
And um, you don't know what's artificial so, either. So a lot of a yeah. lot of seafood is artificial fish. Yeah, like, it could like like especially lobster. Lobster is the big yep. one. Imitation crab, lobster. And um, one thing that's used a lot in restaurants is uh, scrod, mm-hmm. and they pass it off as cod or haddock, yep. but it's really just kind of a all a this your basic white fish that's cheap that they can upsell if they sell it as haddock. And there isn't too much of a difference. You can tell if it's frozen or not, but there's not too much of a difference if it's fresh. Right. But uh, yeah. yeah. Um, but McDonald's, something I am interested in, although four patties is quite a lot with a double Big Mac. What are your, I, th- I think we probably talked about this We've before. talked about Big Macs. I feel like you don't like them. I like them, but I have to add extra cheese to it because I just, okay. I, I like extra cheese on my burgers, number one. Yeah. And I don't like pickles and onions, so I would take that off. You don't like pickles? No, I don't like pickles at all. Wow, I just lost a lot of respect for you. Anyways, um... I'm not a huge fan of the Big Mac. I like the concept, and when I do it at home, I make burgers like a Big Mac. Every time I get a McDonald's, yeah, all I do every time I get a McDonald's is I feel like it's just messy and it like the meat slides out. It's just yeah, it's not good. Um, make it myself at home, but I would never go to McDonald's and pay nine dollars for a fucking Big Mac. These they're days. very expensive nowadays. Fast food. If you've gone yeah. out and gotten a burger at McDonald's, they're very expensive. Yeah, I was looking. They have that new uh, meal deal where they're running with a new whatever musician or something, and I was looking at it. And um, I think it was like $15 for like their meal pack. And it was like a Big Mac and fries and large drink. And I was like, I could go to fucking Chipotle and spend $6 less and be way happier with my food. Or or you can make, you can make eight of those burgers at home for the same exact price and eat them for the rest of the week. So yeah, it's understandable, but they are coming out with a double Big Mac. This originated in, I believe Australia, but it's coming out uh, January 24th over here in the United States. Um, four patties, one slice of cheese, which is, doesn't seem like a lot for four four patties, but um, and the sesame. Now you gotta have bun. a piece of cheese on each piece of fucking meat. You, you do, you do, you very much. Do. You're, you're, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, pickles, onions. What, what's known to be on a Big Mac? Looks like four layers of onions. It's gonna be shit. way too messy. It's yeah, going to be like eighteen dollars, <laughs> but it, but you're right. Making making a good burger at home, if you if you know what you're doing, especially yeah. especially if you can make a smash burger at home. Oh, yeah, fuck, I was gonna say, do you have, do you have a uh, cast iron skillet? I don't. I oh, get you one. need to just fucking buy one at Walmart. They're like fifteen bucks. Right. Best thing you'll have. You'll have it for a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, that's how you make a great smash burger. A great steak and cheese is made that way. Yeah. Um, like I. I like making my own steak and cheese way more now than I do going out and buying one because cast iron skillet's awesome for anything. Yeah. And finally, in Fat Fucks news. No. How do I say goodbye? I just almost spit out cherry coke on my computer when I saw this. When we were around in the 90s, now this gum has been around for 50 years. I didn't realize that. But it was very popular when we were kids. Fruit Stripe gum. Discontinued after 50, 55 years, I believe. Um, Very difficult decision for them to get rid of it, they say. But um, they're marketing in another direction. And they're getting rid of it, the brand, completely. So Fruit Stripe gum. The flavor that only lasted five seconds. I was going to say, it's a great gum. But the flavor literally was like 30 seconds and you were done. It was gone, yeah. It tasted so good, though. Yeah, it had a zebra. It had a zebra on the package. It's a different color, uh, different flavor for each gum, supposedly. Although I barely believe any of that shit because a lot of like, it was I, slightly different flavored, but not right. really. Yeah. It was all a variation of the same flavor. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, R.I.P. to Fruit Stripe Gum. 
Um, and that's it for that. So let's get into a lot of sports news came out this week, and especially around the Patriots. In this so area. Yeah. In this area. So we're going to talk about that with a Teach Race Sports. This is the theme to Teach Race Sports. We need a theme for Teach Race Sports. I couldn't think of anything that would be original. I stole this instrumental from the Gary Shanley Show. This is the theme to Teach Race Sports. This is the theme to teach Ray sports. You know, Raymond, it's the best part about you coming up with that theme song is it was also the same exact type of theme song to my one of my favorite uh, sports talk shows. Uh, they used to do 6 to 10 was Planet Mikey, Mikey Adams. I think it went off the air in like 2006, 7 on WEI. But it was like the same exact thing. He did the same exact same thing just different lyrics obviously over the same instrumental so when you came out with that the first time i was like god damn it <laughs> it's pretty it's a great it's a great show it came from so yeah. um so first thing we're gonna talk about is bill belichick long-term coach of the new england patriots after for i think 22 years i read today or is it 24 24 24 uh he is out as the head coach of the patriots what are your thoughts on indeed. that as a fan of the patriots it was time uh yeah he hadn't I think Bill Belichick, the GM, was getting in the way of Bill Belichick, the coach. Because if you watch the team this year, he could still coach. He just can't draft or recruit or sign free agents for shit. So his coaching never really mattered in the end, and they ended up going 4-10. and 10. And also, this is um, the reason why they hired a coach today um, who's been with the team for a few years. He was drafted with the team, uh, Gerard Mayo. Um who's pretty much been the succession plan and they have the Rudy rule in the NFL. And I think the only reason why they're getting away from the Rudy rule, uh, is that was implemented so that coach that they had to, uh, interview coaches of, uh, minorities when they were doing their head coaching, uh, searches. Um, and he's a person of color. And also I believe they informed the league. This was kind of their succession plan like two years ago. So they could get around the whole Rooney rule thing. Um, it just it was put into effect a year early. Belichick's contract ran through next year, as did Mayo's. At that time, Belichick was expected to step down, and Mayo was expected to take over with a hit, brand new contract to be their head coach. Um, so I think that's one reason why they're getting away from being caught up in the Rooney Rule stuff. But uh, yeah, thanks for the memories. It was a great twenty-four years. Uh, he would not have been as successful, obviously, as Tom Brady, but you can say that about any head coach in the history of any sport. Right. Um, obviously, to win a lot and to win championships, you have to have great players. Um, so, But if you watch his defense this year, his defense still was very good. I mean, they lost two games in back-to-back weeks where they allowed less than 10 points. Um, so defensively, he can definitely still coach. He'll get a job somewhere. Maybe San Diego, maybe Atlanta. Um, Do you think he's, come, Tampa. he's not... He's not fully retired. You don't think he's done for forever for good? I don't think so. Okay, that's um, what I was wondering. He's, I think, fourteen wins away from tying the all-time. Okay, in wins, um, I don't think so. He is seventy-two, I believe. Right. That's why I'm asking. Um, but I mean, he could probably coach for another couple of years. I would, I always thought he'd coach till he was like seventy-five, um, but you never know. Right. I do expect him to be coaching somewhere with probably Josh McDaniels as his offensive coordinator, the former offensive coordinator here, and uh, his son probably as his defensive coordinator, um, which a lot of people kind of gave him shit for having all of his sons, his two sons on his staff. But uh, he never really, like, 
yeah, it's nepotism, but they had also been coaching since they were in their early 20s. Now they're in their mid-30s, and I mean, Belichick's a 70-year-old man, so he gets to hang out with his sons every day. Like, to me, that's the perfect situation for any older man, like, to be able to go in and do your job and work whatever, 90 hours, 100 hours a week, but have your sons and your grandsons be around you at all time. I think that's kind of cool mm-hmm. uh, what you did there. Um, but yeah, Belichick out, Gerard Mayo in. Um, going to be interesting going to be real interesting. Um, the big thing about Belichick staying is a lot of people think he would probably take probably the best person in the draft, but he's also a right tackle out of Notre Dame because we have the third pick, which is huge for us when we need a quarterback and there's a bunch of good quarterbacks. And everyone's worried that he would have taken the right tackle due to the fact that the Browns did the same thing uh, 20, some, 20 years ago or so when they took Joe Thomas, who's one of the greatest right tackles of all time. And in Joe Thomas's career, they went like 42 and 158 and never made the playoffs. Whoa. So a lot of people were scared that Belichick would go tackle there because we do need a right tackle. But So hopefully we uh, have a good draft and uh, they turn things around going forward. And you want to talk about one more thing. I have no idea. Nothing. Don't know anything about this. So Joe Missoula is the head coach of the Boston Celtics. Okay. Um, he uh, he got the job the year after Ime Udoka. Ime Udoka was a rookie head coach. Um, Thirty, uh, he's probably in his early forties when he took the job with the Celtics, and he ended up cheating on who's he? Gabriel Union was that who he was with? He was with one of those like really really attractive women. Um, okay. African American women. Anyways, he cheated on her with somebody in the office. Uh, Nia Long. A woman was that it, worked. Was it Nia Long? N- Nia Long. Yes, Nia yeah, Long. I remember hearing um, about that. Yes, and he cheated on her, whatever, and ended up basically getting fired by the Celtics. And Joe Mazzulla took over the team at the age of thirty-four, and he always had a really rough relationship with the press. Um, so the other night they were in uh, Milwaukee, and he says this in the pregame press conference. Um, he ended this press conference by saying, before I forget, no one ever asked me what my favorite scene from the town was. I know you guys all know that's my favorite movie, but no one's ever been curious as to what my favorite scene is. It's kind of odd he'd be asking the media this. Mm-hmm. So somebody, somebody piped up and he said, the robber in Charleston? Missoula replied, nah, that's my second favorite one. My favorite one is Doug McRae is getting ready to leave town and he skips by the FBI's car and leaves a nice, well-thought-out, handwritten note underneath the antenna and then gets out of town. That's my favorite scene. For reference, (laughs) the note that Doug left on the car of the FBI guy says, go fuck yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Joe Mazzola, um, he does not like the media, especially in Boston. Um, okay. but I mean, he speaks from his, like, he just tells it like it is or how he sees it. Um, and goes about his day and doesn't really care what the media says. He almost brought us to the finals his first year. Uh, we're the best team in the league right now by a good margin. Um, so yeah, it just, uh, sucks the league screwed us out of a win the other night because they had us go up against the uh, best team in the West and they had to go up against Miami when Miami, I'm not Miami, Milwaukee, when they just had like three days off and we lost, we got slaughtered, but uh, that'll happen on back-to-backs every now and then. But uh, yeah, that's Joe Mazzullo for you. I'm sure okay. there'll be plenty of quotes going forward with him. Cause that guy is, yeah. I had no idea about this guy. So that's interesting. <laughs> He's uh, younger than us. <laughs> 35. So. 
35 years old. Uh, what we watched this week, I didn't get to watch the rest of What If. I'm going to try to watch that next week. Uh, we already talked okay. about Ted. We'll talk about that in a little bit once we talk about the movies. But I did watch the new MCU show that came out this week, Echo. This you is a continu- I watched every episode. Five episodes okay. all released on Tuesday, I think. Um, this is a continuation of Hawkeye. She was a villain in Hawkeye. She is the niece of Kingpin in the show. Vincent D'Onofrio coming in from the Netflix series. Is that canon um, in the comics? It's canon in the comics. Um, oh. I thought it was great. This show was fantastic. And compared to what has been out in the MCU in the last, what, three years? Um, this is high tier MCU. It's getting very mixed reviews, and I understand why, because there are a lot of elements of the show that are, number one, 50% of it, there is no speaking language. It's all ASL. American Sign Language, which I had no problem with <clears throat> because it's very dramatic, very much, very yeah. much full of emotion. I've seen Coda. I could get through it. Yep. Um, and also, there are a lot of elements to the show where there is m- missing information. You can tell that the editing was very heavy in the show, I think, to make it down to five episodes. I think it was originally supposed to be six. Um, yeah, it was. So there's a lot of story that seems to be there could be missing there. However, I did like it a lot. Um, we'll get into it. Vincent D'Onofrio, back as the kingpin. If you saw Hawkeye, uh, you remember that he was shot in the eye by Maya, who was Echo, his his niece. Um, he survived that shot. In the comics, same thing happens. He survives the shot. Um, and he is on the hunt to find Maya. Maya goes back home to where she grew up in kind of like an Indian reservation type of land where her family ancestors grew up um somewhere in tacoma area somewhere over there in the midwest um a lot of can i stop you there real quick yeah a lot of uh negativity i've seen about this show stems from that um and how that that's not how native americans act and nothing about like how she acts um, with her family is even remotely close and people were especially like after everyone saw killers of the flower moon um they were shitting on this show because of that aspect of it Especially Native Americans. It's so funny because the Choctaw Nation, who was the nation depicted in the show, had 100% um, ability to come in and talk to Marvel about how they were depicted depicted on the show. And I think they did a fantastic job, myself, depicting just the... We'll talk about it in a little bit, but just depicting the Indian nation, the ancestry of that nation, and the the mythology of that... um, but yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio, back is the kingpin. He is the best villain. When we already knew this in the Netflix series, but having him back in the MCU, talk about a fucking saving grace. He is the best villain in the Marvel studio in Marvel Studios at this moment. And I've always said it, if they do more Spider-Man movies, which seems to be the case with Tom Holland, they have got to bring Vincent D'Onofrio in to be his villain. Um, he's not super powered, but he's so fucking strong. He could take down Spider-Man yeah. if he really wasn't that one to. of the rumors that he ended up getting like the soldier serum, or they thought that was going to be the case going into the show because of how much stronger he is than he was on the Netflix shows. I, I don't think so. I, I think saw that just... rumor all over the place about how he everyone thinks he has like either the super soldier serum or something else, or something but mechanical. That was the maybe show later up, on, so maybe. something maybe who knows? It's MCU, it's comic book. Anything could happen. But he's very super, he's super strong. He's he's just trained okay. to be that way as well. Um. Kingpin in this show, 
he is the uncle to Maya. Um, kind of helped raise her because her father worked for him. Um, he does not want to learn American Sign Language. Um, and it's actually pointed out in the show when Maya tells tells him that you don't love me. You never wanted to learn American Sign Language. He, he hired an interpreter. He built this technology where she put a, a contact lens in her eye. And when he talked to her, that she could see the hand movements of American Sign Language through her contact lens. Because he didn't want to learn sign language. He didn't want to get an interpreter. He wanted there to be nobody in between them anymore. Very strange. But it, the technology is very cool. A lot of people are shitting on that as well just because they thought it was a cheap cop out of it. Um, but Maya does say, say later on in the series, like, you don't love me enough. You didn't even learn American Sign Language for me. Even though he kept saying that uh, he wanted to take care of her. He wanted to make her the queen pin. Um, that's basically what the show was about. He's hunting her down because... Um, she is taking out all of his all of his um, factories in the Midwest. You know, this one big factory for sure that she that she just exploded with an explosion, and uh, he hunted her down to try to get her to join him rather than attack him, because she knew how powerful and how much of a danger she was to his uh, to his whole kingpin world. So, um, like all MCU's before, and I won't complain. It should have been a two-hour movie. Uh, we said this about every single MCU show before, and it stays with this as well. Um, I don't think we'll ever see a show like this again in on Disney Plus. I think they've they've kind of ran rain reined in everything except for like stuff that's already been filmed. But um, something like well, this could I mean, easily they fit filmed into Ironheart, and that's basically on the shelf exactly. until forever. Yeah, they're just gonna wait until they need something to, for the network. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that, that definitely suffers from that. But it's not really a suffer because I think it just works on this because it was released all at once. Week to week, it would have been different. Um, Maya has powers straight out of the comic books, came from her ancestors, echoes from the past. That's where she gets her name. Um, the echoes of her ancestors come out through her powers. Um, to her point, she has, she has super, super strength. She has healing powers, different things from her ancestors that are carried down. There's flashbacks throughout the episode in the very like first five minutes of the show. There's a scene of this almost like an alien woman who comes into this Ch Choctaw nation. She's the goddess of this of this nation, the one that they worship. Um, and they're kind of pointing to her maybe being an alien of sorts. Um, not really sure what could be, but um, that's kind of where this whole uh, mythology of the Choctaw nation comes from. Um, show is brilliant for that. It's brilliant for not only the Choctaw Nation depiction of the Indian uh, reservation, and I think the family dynamic is great. I don't know what you heard, but I think that's great in the show. I think it's depicted great. I'm not a Native American. I don't know much about it, but I thought it looked fantastic. The other thing that it did especially well was the steps forward in American Sign Language, especially on television. And I know you said that you so the Coda did the same thing when you saw that yeah. movie. Um, the show did the same exact thing because she is deaf in the movie. Everybody in the movie, her family that she grew up with, talks to her that way. Um, Kingman, Kingpin hires an interpreter to talk to him because he doesn't want to learn sign sign language. So there, I think um, the per it was either the person from Coda or somebody came in and and did the ASL for this. I remember reading about it, but I can't remember exactly. But um, show is full of emotion. Um, she's kind of she, at the very end. She kind of has a uh, heart-to-heart thing with Kingpin, where where he 
the only reason I'm bringing this up is because of the news that came out after it. Um, he has a flashback in this memory that Maya starts starts like a, starts up in his brain, and the memory is of him sitting in his bedroom in the picture from the uh, if you saw Nef- the Netflix Daredevil series. Um, you remember the hammer? You remember you remember Kingpin as a child who took it to his father because his father was an abusive father. Um, that is all canon now because there's a scene of him um, when he's kind of stuck in his mind and he's staring at that same wall where his father was. If you remember, he he took that wall from his childhood and he had it up as a painting in his in his mansion in the, in the Daredevil series. Um, that wall shows back up again in this dream sequence of uh, Kingpin kind of stuck in his mind and it becomes canon. So Netflix series is officially canon in the MCU. It was added to the MCU timeline order on Disney+. Plus. Um, so are you going to finish Daredevil now that it's officially canon? I, I guess I have to because Daredevil Born Again. Because that was the one thing you were like, well, it's not canon anymore. So yeah, but you only have show- the third season, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and, okay, and so, I think yeah. I think I will watch all of it just because I do like what I saw so far, especially on just do, just Luke do like Cage, one a week. Luke Cage and um, Jessica Jones were great shows. The first two, the yep. first seasons of each of those, uh, Daredevil season one and two were great. Finn Luke Jones, Cage fucked up by killing off uh, Cotton Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth. Yes. Uh, that was that's when they <laughs> fucked up, and that's when the show went down. Jessica Jones' first season was excellent. Uh, second. Was David Tennant. Not, not even watched the third. David Tennant as a villain was fantastic. Purple yeah. man. Um, Vin, Finn Jones as Iron Fist. I didn't mind as much as other people did. Now, this is funny. Did you actually watch second season of that? I, I've only watched the first season. Then I watched Defenders and I stopped there. And I didn't watch Punisher either. Second season of Iron Fist is way better than the first season. But everyone okay. gave up after the first season because, I mean, they hired the guy with, what, three weeks to train fucking karate? Yeah. So, um... It looked terrible, but it looked, the action was way better in the second season. Um, yeah, so they kind of fucked up there. Um, I do recommend at least doing Daredevil, and I mean, I love the Punisher show. So I'm gonna watch. Um, I'm gonna watch it all. That's that's, that's okay. kind of what I got from this. Is I have to catch up okay. on that because it's canon now. At least part of it is. We're not sure. Once we see Daredevil Born Again, we'll know more. Speaking of Daredevil okay. Born Again, show is full of emotion. Talked about that. There's an after credit scene. Marvel's known for that. After credit scene that teases Daredevil Born Again's plot. The very end of the show, Kingpin, Maya goes into his brain and kind of soothes it from the pain that he felt when he, he still holds that grudge from his father. I mean, if you remember the, the Netflix series, he had that painting on his wall because it helped him remind him of the shit that he did as a kid to, to save his family, to save his mother, to save himself. He killed his father with a, with a ballpoint hammer. So he he put he put that painting he put that on the wall kind of like a painting but it was a, it was just a part of his childhood home it was just a crumbled up wall that the, the father had had pretty much destroyed from beating up his mother, um, which makes sense too because the first time we see Kingpin in the Daredevil series wasn't he in an art museum buying yes, art? yes he's buying art so. yep <laughs> um, so so Maya goes into his brain and kind of it's kind of depicted like she heals him and trying to heal that anger and try to release that pain that he had when he was a child that's still resentment through his life now that's kind of making him as evil as he is um that leaves it wide open that i think a lot of people didn't like that ending i actually liked it the after credit scene shows kingpin on an airplane watching television and new york city is looking for a new mayor 
This is a this is a plot right out of the comic books where Kingpin runs for mayor and Daredevil Born Again will probably be the show that that happens in. And in, in fact, there are spy shots from that show where Vincent D'Onofrio is shown in magazines and newspapers on the front page running for mayor. So that was confirmed in the show. And that will be a running gag or running theme in that show, Daredevil Born Again, which we're both looking forward to. Um, the other thing I wanted to bring up about this show before I stop talking about it was the M TVMA rating. Now, what do you expect from a TVMA rating? You expect a little bit of language. Didn't have a lot of that. It wasn't I mean, it's still Disney. They're not going to have fuck shit. They're not going to have sex scenes, any of that shit. Violence was mild compared to other TVMA shit we've seen in the past. Violence was very mild. There are there were, there's more blood in this than most shows that you that you see through Disney. However, um, it was kind of mild for a TVMA, and I, and I think it was just kind of kind of uh, towing the line to see what they could do for Disney on Disney Plus, and I think it was fine. Um, I know someone. Someone who may have liked the Netflix series and liked the blood and guts and liked the scene where Kingpin ripped the guy's head off through the door of his limo um, may not like that, but I, I didn't mind it. I'm not a huge gore fan, so it's fine with me. Um, there was a very cool scene where guys started gushing blood because he gets shot and it's just like gushing out of his mouth. That was kind of cool, but um, fight scenes were great, choreographed fantastic. I like the show a lot. If you're into the MCU like I am and Kevin is mildly, watch the show. Very good. It's uh, it's five episodes. All of them are out right now. Um, it's called Echo. It's on Disney Plus, and uh, I think it was great. I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic. Um, so you wanted to talk about one movie that you watched that you wanted me to go and I didn't go with you. You yep. got in the theater yesterday. Um, yes. Bee Beekeeper. This stars yep. Jason Statham. Jason Statham. Yep. And a bunch of other people you don't know. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think he's the only reckon Oh no, uh, fucking Jeremy Irons of course is in this movie too. Yep, I, I saw uh, that. He's one yeah. of the bad guys. Um he play he doesn't play a very pivotal role. He's just kind of there. Um like the beekeeper doesn't go after him. Like I thought from all the previews he'd be like the main guy the beekeeper would target, but he's not. Um but yeah, it's it's a very very fun fucking movie. It's a good throwback. Uh there's very few action stars left right now. Um it's basically Jason Statham the Rock's an action star. Ryan Reynolds could do action, but he can also, his range is way more than that too. But there isn't too many action stars anymore. Um, and this movie is like a very good throwback to like just a good solid action film. Um, the plot is kind of a mess at times. Like it's like a classic action film. Like it's not the best movie ever, but it's two hours of incredible entertainment. Um, each kill this guy does, um, the beekeeper, Jason Statham, former CIA operative basically, uh, each Lucky kill is does. unique and different. Yes. Um, <laughs> it's it's awesome wa watching him work his way up a corporate ladder of corruption that, of course, ends with it being part of, like, the U.S. government um, and having the president involved is fucking awesome. Uh, and he just doesn't give a fuck. Like, he, he only kills the guys he's trying to kill, but he'll beat the shit out of anyone that gets in his way. Um, like there's a great scene where he literally just walks up to a building being watched by F FBI agents and they realize it's him. And by the time they do, they're all fucking laid out on the floor. Um, it's like, it's stupid action like that. That's just fucking great. Um, yes. there's a couple things that we'll talk about. Uh, 
once you see it that okay. I have some issue with. But overall, I just had a lot of fun. Um, I'd probably give it a four out of five. It was just a fun movie for me. Uh, nice. That's why you go to the movies. You want to be entertained for two hours. Um, get your get your mind off something other than the real world because the real world sucks. And this movie did that for me. Um, it's incredibly brutal at times. Um, and yeah, just very, very entertaining. Nice. Um, highly recommend it. Yeah, I want to see it. Um, yeah. I just didn't have time this week. Yeah. Um, the other thing you want to talk about, you're in the middle yes. of an Arrowverse, Arrow show yes. watch after Smallville. Yes. You decided to watch Arrow. Well, I didn't decide. It came on, and then I, oh. I, I, I just stuck ne- with it. Netflix decided for you that you're going yes, to watch Yes, Netflix Arrow. decided for me. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, this show is way more brutal than I thought it would be, being that it's a CW show. Right. Like there's a scene where he's uh, helping out this kid navigate through China. You know, they do the, they do the flashbacks and they, yep. they're usually 15 to 20 seconds. It seems like in the first season, like they're not long. They get a little bit longer as things go by or to tell that section of the story they need to. So anyways, this 10 year old kid ends up dying. So he ties the guy who's responsible to a chair and systematically places arrows in him that aren't going to kill him, that are going to basically make him pass out in pain. Hmm. And I was like, this is a CW show. Like some of the stuff in this show is more graphic than shit I saw in the Netflix daredevil show. And all that was being lauded for was how dark and gritty and violent it was. Um, they do a lot of the same stuff, like similar, like no cut fight scenes in this. The second season uh, is the death stroke season and it's fucking awesome. It's one of my favorite uh, seasons of comic book television. The only problem is it has the same issue with every other season. This has is that, this one just has less of it, um, which makes it a little better. But there's a lot of times where, like, you go two or three episodes, kind of like in The Walking Dead did this, too, where, like, it just wasn't focused or it wasn't, like, that great. But then they do, like, two or three more that are all just, like, fucking kick-ass. And the last four episodes of every season are fucking insane. Yeah. Um, so that's really what's keeping me going is I just kind of – a lot of times I just have it on the background while I'm, like, on my phone or my computer. But – uh yeah, it's way more graphic than I thought it would be. They fucking, they don't care. They'll kill anyone off. Um, there's a, a sword fight between Arrow and Ra's al Ghul that's pretty dope. Uh, Ra's al Ghul in this show is pretty cool. Um, you get into a lot of League of Assassins, League of Shadow stuff, which I didn't know going into it. Um, so there's some lore there. Um, yeah, it's overall, way, it's still, it's way, still kind it's of enjoyable. Of, it's their way of having Batman without having Batman. <laughs> Yeah, it very like much so. The, it seems like a lot of the CW, is, CW uh, yeah, way like of Yeah, like on Smallville, we both assumed that the Green Arrow was supposed to be the yeah. Batman. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's graphic, it's violent, all also, things I love. Um, it just, oh, I wish it was ahead, more focused. Sorry. Like, if it was 13 episodes a season, it'd be way better, way more compact. Um, but it's 23 episodes, which is a long fucking haul it's for an hour-long show. Um, but... Okay, go on. Uh, the one thing we didn't talk about about Smallville is they couldn't have Batman, so what did they do? They turned Clark Kent, Superman, into Batman, and they turned him yes. into this vigilante. Yes, um, and that's what I love about, about the show, too, is the way he's treated like a true vigilante Yeah, and how he comes up with his no-kill rule by the end of season one. He goes into season two with his no-kill rule, and that changes throughout because certain people yeah. in his life die, yeah. and he's basically like, there's only one way for me to stop this. I have to fucking break my kill rule. And everyone at this point is against him doing that, even though they all at one point, like he has a whole team. Um, yeah, I enjoy it. Um, the episodes I really dislike are when members of the flash come in. Yeah. And that's only because the serious tone is changed to that of the flash show. 
And the fact that they do some stuff that affects the storyline here that they did on the flash because of stuff that happens in central city. And then I just, I skip the recaps anyways, cause it's automatic because of Netflix. So I forget that he probably did that on the other show. Right. Um, so it's a little disjointed, but uh, I am enjoying the action and the intensity of it at times. Nice. Um, so yeah, uh, what we watched this week, we're going to continue. We're going to finish it off with the review TED of, we're going to we'll do a Ted talk. Ted, was a movie came out in 2014, I believe. I didn't write it down, but I believe it's around that time. Yeah, Ted Ted is a creation of Seth MacFarlane of Family Guy fame, with a talking teddy bear from a wish from a child who comes to life, and the teddy bear is a raunchy, uh, bad mouthing, you name pot it, smoking. pot smoking, <laughs> cocaine um, doing, yeah, fantastic um, nerd pop culture references throughout the whole entire movie starring Seth MacFarlane as the voice of Ted as a teddy bear and Mark Wahlberg as his childhood friend grown up as his best friend his thunder buddy um this movie first movie is fantastic hilarious I feel like Mark, quotable. I feel like Mark Wahlberg started doing these movies because he was sick of uh working out <laughs> like he'd Maybe. be like i can t- i can do these movies i can just roll in i have to worry about being in certain shape yeah. or a certain body fat percentage because his diet is so strict and most times he's doing like he has to change his diet like on a day-to-day basis sometimes he's super smart for taking this role i think yeah. um at the time he was doing a lot of action movies like you said exactly this is a very very good comedic run from he also did what does he uh, he did the will ferrell movie um um uh, Fall guys. uh no other uh, guys other guys, yeah, he did that. He was great, great in that too. That um, movie's that's something I gotta watch because that's a uh, highly underrated flick. Yeah. When the when the Rock and Sam Jackson, that's the one where they jump off and they're yeah. like aim for the bushes, then they just die on the <laughs> die within the first like half hour of the movie, twenty minutes. Yeah, it's like yeah. 10, 15 minutes in. Yeah, um, but yeah, this, Ted is a fantastic, funny fucking movie, very quotable. Um, of course, the Thunder Buddy scene. I, I wish I got clips for this. I didn't. Have I was gonna say, did you clip it? Uh, I didn't. I should have though. But uh, you'd probably maybe, have to clip the whole movie because it's literally every scene. And, and it's just not only that, but the musical orchestral arrangements, which is which he's known for in Family Guy too. That's why Family Guy is so good too, because just the music. Yep. Um, he brought that into the Ted world as well, and he brought that same orchestra into this, and just brought a great feeling to the movie. Um, yep. Flashback scene in the very beginning of the movie, Ralph Garman cameoed as his dad, as uh, as um, <laughs> as his dad. And uh, Alex Bornstein, Lois from Family Guy, start as his mother in this flashback. Um, when Ralph sees Ted for the very first time talk, and he goes, Holy fucking shit! He just screams. It's, it's one of the funniest <laughs> things I remember seeing in the theater back in the day. And I think it may have been before I even knew who Ralph was. Because um, I listen to him all the time now. But, um, yeah, it's just fucking fantastic. It's so funny. Ryan Reynolds, before Deadpool, before anything, has a silent cameo in this movie where he plays Patrick Warburton's sex slave. Kind of sex. Yeah, they, uh, they even call him Van Wilder. Yeah, they call him Van I think Wilder. At that point, I think at that point, Van Wilder was probably the biggest thing he had done. At that point, yeah. Uh, besides, well, besides Green proposal, Lantern, that flopped. The, the proposal. Green Lantern. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that flopped, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Ryan Reynolds, he didn't say a word. I think maybe at the end he said something, but I don't rem- remember. Uh, but the movie has a love, kind of a love to Flash Gordon, this, the movie that came out in the 1980s, I believe. Um, 
soundtrack done by Queen. The song plays in this a lot. Um, the Flash, the Flash theme song. Um, the star of Flash Gordon's throughout this whole entire movie and the second one too, but mostly in this one they're obsessed with him, both Ted and um, Johnny. Um, but this movie, if you're from this, if you're from New England, if you're from Massachusetts. Boston, it's a love story to Massachusetts. Seth MacFarlane's from up here. Um, Boston looks fantastic in this movie. We were talking off-pod a while ago about movies set in Boston that were great. This mm -hmm. is definitely one of them. The climax of the movie takes place at Fenway Park, so they actually put them in there. Um, oh, uh, real quick, Beekeeper also takes place in Boston. Go on. No shit, no shit. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, Boston looked fantastic in this. The way he depicted the, the suburbs and Boston um, looked great. Um... Yeah, I just love this movie. It's so fucking funny. Yeah, I wish I wish I clipped it out because there's some is, funny scenes. This is another one too where we were talking about um, funniest movies of all time, um, and that we got to do a list sometime. This is what I wouldn't have thought about until rewatching it. I'm like, this is definitely on my top ten. Oh yeah, like it has like it's just a movie I never lines, thought about because it's been so long since I've seen it. You know, the lines in this movie are just fucking fantastic. The whole Thunder yeah. Buddy scene. Ever since they were kids, they were scared of thunder, so they decided to be thunder buddies. And they, every time they'd hear thunder, they'd have to go run to each other, hold hands, and sing the Thunder Buddies theme song, which I may clip out and put at the end of this show just because, just because fuck it. But it, it's hilarious. The whole movie's hilarious. And then the second one came out two or three years later, Ted 2. Um, this one's a little bit different. I don't think it's as funny. It's not as good. But there are a lot of cool cameos in it. There's one yep. time where Johnny, Mark Wahlberg's character, uh, he's in a bar, and they talk about Jay Leno being in the bathroom jerking off guys, and all of a sudden Jay Leno comes walking out of the bathroom. <laughs> you, you, well, you hear somebody in the bathroom go, hey, what the hell are you doing, or something like that, and then <laughs> yes. Jay Leno comes out, he like tucks in his shirt. <laughs> yes. Uh, a little shit like that. A lot of Family Guy, Family Guy has those gags, too, where they where they talk about shit, and they, and they kind of have a scene. There's a lot of that in this movie, too. Um Liam Neeson has a scene in this as well. Right. Where this is right after the second Taken, so he's basically that character. Yeah, he's that character from Taken where he's at the grocery store where Ted works and he's buying a box of tricks. And he asks he's him exclusively if for children? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so no, so we're not going to have any trouble? No, he's going to call me out. He has him a 20, puts it under his trench coat, and he goes, thank you for your help today, sir. Did you, did you happen to see the after credits scene? No, I didn't watch the after credits because I went right the to after, the show. The after, the after credits scene. It's like 11.30 at this point in the night. So. The after credits scene is him covered in blood, all bruised up, battered, shirts ripped, and he's holding his box of tricks and he brings it back to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that from the first time. I remember yeah. That. But yeah, you're right. It's right around the time of Taken. So it was it um, was after the second Taken, I think, because that was like when he was like that's like what he's most famous for now. Liam Neeson of all movies, he's yeah, Taken, most yeah. famous for Taken. Yep. And now he just does Taken and just calls it something else every time out. Yep. Um. So how can you make a sequel with Ted Moore Boston? Well, at the time, you add Tom Brady, and the whole movie starts off with Ted. He wants to become a father, and. He can't because he's a teddy bear. So they have to try to find sperm. So who's the one person in Boston that Johnny and Ted decide to go steal sperm from? Is Tom fucking Brady. And they go to his house. <laughs> How <laughs> would anyone say, be able to break into his house? I'm just they break saying. In, they break into his house and they, and, they, and they try to jerk him off. And they lift up the covers and there's a big light coming out of the covers when they see his tick. It's fucking hilarious. And then, and, and then Tom Brady kicks him out. He actually throws Ted like a football. He said, oh my god, it's perfect form. Well, 
the one scene in this movie, which is pretty much a lot for me, was the scene when they go to the sperm donor bank, the sperm bank. Oh my god! <laughs> and <laughs> Ted goes into the room where all the specimens are being held. And there's a whole rack, which I'm pretty sure does not happen in a sperm bank, but for comedic effect, I understand it. The whole rack well, is covered with sperm. It's it, bottles of sperm. Yeah, they were outside of the uh, the cooler because they were the rejected. The rejected sperm, <laughs> yes. Sickle so cell. So, John, John, the sickle cell, yeah. Johnny and Ted start getting a fight in the sperm room. Not in the, in, uh, and Johnny, I think, threw a... Or Ted threw a bottle of sperm at Johnny sickle cell sperm exploded on the floor he he starts he starts trying to pick it up with a with some cardboard or some shit no he takes the lid and he like tries to scoop it in with the lid that's not working yes and then they start fighting and they run into this big rack full of sperm and goes everywhere all over Johnny god this movie's awesome It's, it's fucking hilarious and it's just it's just great um uh, the movie is set at the end. They go to New York City. They go to a Comic Con because Ted is not—he's not known at—he's at this point in the movie. He can't—he gets married to his girlfriend. That gets annulled from the from the government because he's not known as a real life human person anymore. He is a toy, so he can, cannot be married. He cannot have any rights. He can't have children. He can't have a job. He gets fired from his job at the grocery store. Um, so throughout the rest of the movie, he's trying to find a way to make him, make the government turn him into a real life human with rights, and so he can have, be married, have kids, so on and so forth. Um, so they end up going to New York City to hire a lawyer who is Morgan Freeman. Um, Morgan Fre- Freeman passes him down. So Ted goes to a comic con. This is right around the time of New York Comic Con, so they filmed during that. This is a few years ago, so. Um, Ralph Garman cameos as a stormtrooper. I didn't know if you knew that or not. Stormtrooper that's in the uh, crosswalk and yells at him. That's not I knew, Ralph. I only knew it because before the movie, I uh, checked the notes and saw it in your notes. So I was okay. like, so I knew it when I saw it in the movie. Um, Hasbro, the toy company, plays a huge part in this. Um, Patrick Warburton, who is in Family Guy, he plays um, the guy in the wheelchair. Um, I can't remember his name. Um, he's dressed yeah, as uh, the t- Joe. Joe, yep. Um, he's dressed as the Tick, who, if you've seen the Tick back in the 90s, he was the Tick in that show. Yeah. So that was pretty funny uh, at the Comic-Con. Uh, he was also beating up all the nerds, which is fucking hilarious. Um, John played the reverse role in this as well. In the climax of Ted, the first movie, Ted gets ripped to shreds, dies, um, and Ted's girlfriend at the time, Mia, Mila Kunis, makes a, makes a wish, and Ted comes back to life. In this movie... John kind of dies at the, on the table at the end. Um, this big screen hits him at the Comic-Con. Um, and John ends up talking the doctor into running a scam on Ted and the lawyer girlfriend that he's dead. Ted and them go in there to say their goodbyes and Johnny scares the fucking shit out of Ted yelling, he's a fucking zombie, and starts beating the shit out of him. It's fucking hilarious. This movie, these both of these movies are fantastic. Fours for me. Each of them, four out of five. Um, funny movies. Uh, I'd go four and a half on the first four. I think four and a half. I was about to say that too. Four and a half maybe for the first Because it's two. definitely better. Yeah, very, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with in, that too. In pretty much every way. It's got better comedy, better story. Yeah. Um, it has, uh, what's her name? Instead of... Uh, Mila Kunis. I think she's great. Yes. 
Although which, I do love, I was love a great running joke. Yes, I do love what's her name though. The second one, uh, fuck, forgetting her name, but she's yeah, an alpha dog. I, I love her. She's yeah, she's a legit her. like great actress too. So yeah, um, so yeah, those movies are fantastic. If you've never seen Ted, you're number one living under a rock. Number two, you need to. Um, they're both on Peacock, the, the streaming series ser- uh, service. So go watch those, and also. Ted the series, which came out yesterday. All episodes, all nine episodes are on there. Um, we watched the first episode. Number one, parents were recast. Ralph Garman and Alex Bornstein, Bornstein are not in it. Um, parents were recast to be more Boston-like. Um, the series, so far, an hour in, fantastic. Funny as hell. The set in 1993, when Ted and Johnny were in high school. Ted is fucking around at, how, at, at his home. And uh, ends up doing damage to the to the household to the house t- television. So the father of the household sends him to school. So this is all about Ted and Johnny going to school. And uh, first episode is fantastic. Them trying to buy try to buy weed from her cousin. Fantastic, funny as hell. Um, I'm gonna watch that. Try to watch that this yeah, week. Yeah, I'm gonna watch. Finish I'm gonna start from the beginning because I watched the two movies last night. And by the time the second one got over, it was like 11.30 or 11.45. It's a lot of 10. And, and I didn't know that it was going to be a full hour. So I was me, like, I'll watch the first episode. And then I'm like, this episode, and I'm like, I must be really tired. This seems like it's taking a fucking hour. I, I hit the pause thing on the TV, and I'm like, I'm 42 minutes into this fucking 53-minute yeah. episode. I'm like, yeah. ah. That's why it feels like it's so long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Long episodes. It was. I was surprised too. I thought I could get through at least a couple. In and an plus, hour, I mean, but... I watched those two movies after I watched Beekeeper in theater, so I yeah. was pretty much all yeah. TV'd out for the you are tapped out week. <laughs> me, me too. I, I watched Echo, and then I watched that, and I couldn't get through it either. Yeah. So, um, so that being said, great shows. I'm gonna, we're going to watch the rest of that series next week, and I'm going to watch What If next week as well. So that being said, let's get into the news. And it's not a new segment with a trailer roundup. Uh, a couple of good trailers. First one, uh, February 4th, we already know. Curb Your Enthusiasm is coming out. The full trailer came out yesterday. Um, mm-hmm. Larry, David, Larry David in full form. Um, looks fantastic. Looks funny as hell. Um, that's what we're expecting. We'll be talking that week to week. Week to week. I'm excited for that. So, um, Another trailer came out. I don't know if you saw this. I forgot to tag you in it. This is starring Childish, star, char, uh, Childish. I do Nibino, like him. Donnie, I do too. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, a remake from the the movie that came out with uh, Angelina Jolie and Brad Pitt a few years ago, probably twenty. Is that the movie ago, they got point. together on, or is that the movie they got divorced? That's during? the one. That's the one that tre- the cheating happened and they got together. Okay, on, yeah. that's right. Um, this okay. this comes out February second on Prime. Um, trailer looks actually fairly decent, but. I don't know. I, I it's I don't know. I'm at it's, the point now where I'll check it out, and if I'm not into it after an episode or two, I'll probably right. tune it out. Right. Um, something like this mm-hmm. isn't something I could throw in the background, like uh, Arrow, for instance. Like I'd probably want to be like fully invested in this, or not. Yeah. Like I would have to be like fully invested in most shit like that. But I just realized we'll uh, all three of these things that we're talking about. The next thing we're talking about is Halo. All of these are coming out within the same week. Yep. February fourth on Curb. February second on Mister and Mrs. Smith. And February 8th on Halo, the new series on Paramount, is going to start. Uh, Halo Season 2. Halo Season 1, I was very high on. Um, mm-hmm. I'm very high on this, too. This is a first full trailer. I thought it looked great. Yeah. Fantastic. See, that I, was a I, show I decided not to stick with because I just couldn't yeah. for the full hour. But I know you enjoyed it. so I did. I did enjoy it a lot. And uh, I'm excited to see where the show goes. I hope they actually reach the ring this time. Um, yeah. I, I, that's the game. I, I, I mean, might... 
I might watch this season just because it's at the point now where the, you said it's pretty much where the video game starts. Um, I, th- I think so. I think that's where they're going. So I might, I'm not sure. I might watch this. Um, I did like a lot of the action stuff, especially in the first episode of the first season. I just couldn't keep up with it. Maybe was I working at that time? That might have been mm. one of the reasons. It might have came out in the fall or something. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I can't remember. But yeah. Um, so last weekend, last Sunday, we're going to try to get through this as quick as we can, but the, the Boston Globe, the Golden Globes happened, 2024 yep. Golden Globes. Uh, we'll talk about some of the nominations, some of the people that won the nominations, um, best supporting actress. I know you watched the hold holdovers. I wanted to bring this up. Uh, yeah. Divine Joy Randolph. I know she's getting so, a lot of praise for this. You have not yet. I haven't seen it yet. No, I fucking love that movie. Um, okay. it's your choice. If you want to watch it soon. I do. Or, I do. Or. Okay, I was going to say, or we could wait till Christmas next year because it's kind of a Christmas movie. Um, but it's fucking fantastic. I love this movie. I watched it again with my dad, um, and I liked it even more the second time. Nice. Um, now, the Golden Globes are kind of a... Uh, kind of a showing what the Oscar nominations could show or what the Oscar, yeah. Oscar frontrunners could be. It's kind of like be. the first award show to see what people well, are this, actually yeah. pushing for. Yeah. And uh, the winner of Best Supporting Actor was Robert Downey Jr. for Oppenheimer. I thought mm-hmm. he was great in that movie. Um, this is his first big role after Iron Man. I mean, he did that Doolittle movie, failed miserably, and this is him coming back to being an actor for for first time in years. So right. um, it's, it was great. So he won that. Jeremy Allen White for The Bear, Best Comedy Good. Television Actor. Um, and Iowa Itabury, I don't know how to say her name. She is best Boston actress from Zone. the bear, from the bear as well. She won best, best actress, both of them. Great fucking show. Um, mm-hmm. Kieran Culkin for Secession, which I haven't watched. Uh, best actor for a television drama. Another movie I haven't seen. I hear mixed things about poor things. Uh, Emma Stone won for best actress I've in heard, comedy. I've heard great things about her and Ruffalo, but the movie yes. itself I heard is very average. Okay. Which I really wanted to watch that before I finished out my list this year, but I'll have to wait a few weeks, I guess. Um, X uh, Marvel MCU character uh, Stephen Yen, best performance for an actor on a limited series Beef, which I hear is a great. Limited I heard that. Yes, yeah. Ben told me when it was on. He was like, "You got to watch Beef." I just never did because yep. I barely turn on Netflix. Um, Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer, best actor of a drama. Uh, mm-hmm. Oppenheimer, best original score. Um, Beef Best Television Limited Series, Best Director Christopher Nolan Oppenheimer. So you're getting the picture of Oppenheimer winning pretty much every category, as well as The Bear, Best Television Series in a Comedy, um, Succession See, Drama. Oh, we'll talk about it when we get to there. Sorry. Um, best uh, Musical Comedy, Poor Things. Um, uh, Jay Z won for uh, the Super Bowl last year, the halftime show starring Rihanna. Um,. Golden Globe for a Best Actor in a Comedy, Paul uh, Gi- Giamatti for The Holdovers. See, that's where, I mean, you said before, like, you get an idea of where they're going with the Oscars. Then the Golden Globes is the stupid shit where they split shit up, because I think it's yes. between Giamatti and I think it's between Murphy, and they each want the Golden Globe, so it's like, yeah. it doesn't give us an indication one way or the other on the Oscars there. Right, right. It, I'm just glad that both of them will get an award for this, and then whatever happens to the Oscars happens at the Oscars. Um... It's kind of like two dudes meeting in the tournament finals there. Because um, I think it's down to those two guys. Giamatti in the holdovers is just absolutely fucking fantastic. I gotta watch that. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon, I know you watched that. The lead actress in that. Yep. Uh, best actress drama, Lily Gladstone. I hear I hear yep. great things about her performance in She's that. She's good. I mean, it is a long movie, though. 
definitely okay. a double sitting for you. Um, welcome to Rexham one um, Emmy for uh, for something. I don't know what it was. Um, they posted. Uh, they posted. Yeah. They posted. They posted a video on uh, on uh, on social with him dressed with as Deadpool, Deadpool holding <laughs> a broken funny. holding a broken Emmy. Um, I don't know what that's all about, but yeah. Um, Barbie was the winner of the cinematic and box office achievement slash um, part participant award, <laughs> a new award that came out this year for pretty much blockbuster award um, for Barbie. Uh, Barbie won that. And, They're just uh, making best, up categories at this point, by the way, people. <laughs> best best motion picture for drama was Oppenheimer. Um, so yeah, Globes are kind of uh, kind of they basically uh, made up that category. Yeah, they yeah, made up yeah. that category because they wanted to give Barbie an award and couldn't give her any of the serious ones. Yeah. Um, and I mean, cinematic and box office achievement to me, I would have given it to Mario. Whereas, yeah. sure, Barbie is a very well done, well made movie, but still, it's only made for half the audience. I feel like. Um, where it seems like everyone could find some enjoyment out of Mario. Barbie That's was just my such, Barbie was just such a huge movie. Um, yeah, the only I mean, other they both thing, were, the they only both other were movie, close as far as box office goes. The only other movie just, I think, yeah. the only other exactly. movie that I could have done, done won that award too would have been Taylor Swift um, for Eras, but um, just because it was such a huge thing yeah. last year, but. Um, also, I wanted to bring this up at the, at the uh, Globes last weekend. Mark Hamill uh, met Natalie Portman, his uh, in-canon Star Wars mother, for the very yes. first time uh, backstage. I, I thought that was funny because that movie Why does she look scared 20. in this photo? I know. I noticed this like, when I first saw the photo. It looks like she's being hugged by fucking Weinstein or something. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I don't know. I'm surprised it's the first time they met in 20 years, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, me um, too. Speaking of I am Star Wars, Hamill wasn't around the prequels. I am surprised yeah. he wasn't around them at all. Yeah, no. Like I, you'd think he'd be on set or something for a day or two. But. Or played an alien, or he does voices. Yeah. He could have done anything. I'm surprised yeah. too. Um, speaking of Star Wars, let's get into the rest of the news. The big news this week is The Mandalorian and Grogu, a movie st- directed by John Favreau, is coming out soon, uh, going into production later this year. Um, it's going to be headed to the big screen. Now, this is a was rumored a couple weeks ago. That this uh, fourth season of The Mandalorian was going to be turned into a movie. Um, all points, all things pointing to this is what this is going to be. A big screen version of the last season of Mando before they do the big crossover event movie. Um, so yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how I feel about this. Um, they're going to have to step it up uh, script wise and production wise. Yeah. It'll be interesting though because like Mando does have a bunch of down episodes within its season. Every season of Mando has a few episodes that are just right. okay. Um, so it's interesting. He must have a really good idea as to where he could take this. Maybe well, we get some Luke in it. Maybe some Jedi Academy stuff in it. I don't know. I do, I do have some young questions. Kylo Ren. I yes. do have some questions here that we're going to bring up because these are stuff that okay. hasn't been answered in the show yet. Okay. Yep. Um, where did Grogu come from? Now we know test tube. Test tube. We know that kind of maybe a clone. We also know that it could be a clone of Yoda. Disregarded we're not, sperm. We're not sure. We're, we have no idea where where he came from, why his species is, is so force sensitive, um, what species he is, what planet he's from, where Yoda and Waddle are from as well. What what all that background is. Maybe Yaddle. we'll find that out. Waddle Yaddle. I don't know. Yaddle. Think it's yeah, Waddle, Waddle is the guy on Tatooine, I believe. Oh, I thought, I thought you were talking about the uh, other Yoda I am, thing yeah, in episode I am, one. I, I spelt it wrong. Um, okay. 
is he the last of his species? Was he a clone? Like, these are all questions we don't know about Grogu that need to be answered in this. Um, Baby Yoda. Um, as far as a Mandalorian, where is his story going to go to finish it off? He I might mean, die in this movie. Yeah, I think he could die, too. Or he'll die in the other movie. Or he'll um, die if they if they still do the crossover. I I think they're still the doing crossover, it. But... The crossover is definitely still happening. Oh, because that's, yeah, that's Dave Filoni. This is yep. John Favreau. This is John Favreau. So this is a this is a continuation. I think this is going to be like season four of Mandalorian. This is kind of like now, the big screen version what, of that. Wonder what comes out first, this or the Ray movie? Because they've this. been like Ray movies next. Ray movies next. But this, they already have kind of everything in place to. Yep. They could probably start pre-production on this today if they want they are, to. They have been. That's so, the thing. Yeah. That that picture that I posted in the notes is a picture from pre-production. Yep. So that is in pre-production at the moment, and they're going to be filming at the end of the year. Um. So yeah, and also during the press release, they also announced that season two of Ahsoka is officially in development with Dave Filoni as a showrunner. Um, we kind of already knew that. Um, they posted a storyboard of that um, of that as well online. Um, ex- excited, looking forward to that. Ray Stevenson is going to be a sore uh, loss from that because he was great in the show. I wanted to see the continuation of that character. Um, yep. I don't, I'm sure they're going to recast it, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, I don't know who I don't know who could do that role because he was just so good in it. Yeah, and he's I great. Mean, it it sucks that he yep. passed away. They should bring in Thomas Jane to play, uh, just like they brought him <laughs> in to be the Punisher. Um, Game of Thrones creators... Uh, I go Dave, fuck yourselves. David Gro- <laughs> Game of Thrones creators said that they wanted to do the first Jedi. That was the movie they were going to be doing for Star Wars. Um, it was all that about the first Jedi. Um, and uh, how it came to be, the first lightsabers, etc. All of that stuff was going to be in their, uh, See, in their be, movie. That would be a great idea if somebody else was handling it. But the movie, was scra- the movie was scrapped... Um, there are rumors that there was rumors that the James Mangold Star Wars is going to be a origin of the Jedi. So we'll have to wait and yes. see what happens with that. Um, maybe he but took over that project. If that um, even ever goes into production, right. like I'm glad that they waited they literally until yeah. the uh, they were going into production with the Grogu and Mandalorian movie because they keep announcing all this stuff and nothing's going into production. Well, so. the big the big one was all like we always talk about is Rogue is Rogue Squadron. With yeah. Patty Jenkins. That oh was announced. She was in front of a fighter jet announcing, or no, an X-Wing fighter announcing that yep. movie. And then and we saw a Top canned. Gun and we were like, we saw a new Top Gun and we were like, imagine if that was Star Wars. Like if right. she did a movie it like that, but it was Star Wars. Was and even though that Top took Gun. from Star Wars, yeah, yeah, yeah. but just like the space the space battles, if it was done right, yep. could just be so good. Yep. But yeah, that movie was canned. So we're not sure where Star Wars is right now besides the Mandalorian, which is, and Ahsoka, which are great shows, so. Um, for what they are. Um, Last of Us, Season 2, a lot of casting announcements this week. I know you played the game a little bit. Um, Jesse, cast in the movie by, uh, I don't know who this guy is, but Jesse and um, Dina. I don't know who either one of these characters are, but they've been cast in the show. As well Uh, as Abby. I know it's an important character going forward. Abby's a huge character. Um this Isabella chick is lining up all these jobs for Madame Webb and her career, which is good. Yep. She'll be in Legacy. She'll be in this. So yep. she'll be fine after Madame Webb tries to kill her career. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Abby is a huge part. I haven't even got to Abby in the game because I heard... I started playing the game, then I heard the spoiler, and I was like, I don't think I'm ready for that emotionally yet. I've heard um, the spoiler too, yeah. Yeah. So um, they'll drag it out. That may not even happen in the second season, or it could... Or the end. The second season. The end, yeah. Um, a lot of the second season might even be filling in what happens between the two games, first two games. So it's going to be interesting well, to see how they do it. 
Let's go yes. back to this in a few minutes when we talk about Pedro Pascal. Okay. Because season two does he is going to be in that, and there's some news that came out with that in Fantastic Four. We're going to get into that in a little bit. Okay. Let's let's go back to the, we'll we'll go back to the Last of Us and circle see, back. He's, he's supposed to come back for the Last of Us. Fantastic Four was pushed back to the end of the year. It was supposed to film in the spring, and we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Um, speaking of into production, Stranger Things season five, the finale, started filming this week. Uh, very excited for that. Um, I loved loved the fourth season. I think it's the best season. It it is, yeah. Um, Looking forward to to seeing how that all ends. Um, Also, Star Trek origin story set uh, years and years before the uh, J.J. Abrams movie, the same universe, um, is going to be uh, going forward with the Andor director. Also, Star Trek IV still in development. This is a finale of the the J.J. Abrams movies. Um, uh, Seth Graham Smith penning the script. Seth Graham Smith was the one who wrote uh, Vampire Hunter, Abraham Lincoln. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Star Trek's kind of in a limbo right now. Chris Pine got popular from that. Um, Anton Yelton, R.I.P., from uh, from dying in that accident that he had. So, I don't know if they'll recast him as, um, as Chekhov or not, but we'll have to wait and see. Also this week, um, it was announced Top Gun 3 is happening with Tom Cruise. Yep. We have a little bit of top, uh, Tom Cruise news at the end, too. We'll talk about it in a few minutes. But um, that was announced today. Um, have you watched any of The Witcher yet? Yeah. I know Adam I, likes it, right? Not only Adam, but there's another friend of ours that loves the show. Justin? The Witcher. No, uh, Crystal. Um, okay. And the, Lawrence Fishburne was cast in the new season. Now, I know the new season, Henry Cavill, is not in. Is in that? Um, Correct. Uh, Liam Helmsworth is yep. in there. took over Liam the role. Liam Helmsworth. Um, so Lawrence Fishburne is coming into the show. Um, yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I keep hearing how fantastic it is. I know Adam's a huge fan of it. Yeah. I keep hearing how great it how is. How many so. episodes is there a season? Is it 10 or 13? Um, Netflix is going to be eight, between 8 and 10, right? They, I know they cut back well, on the, the amount of episodes like, they were doing. Okay. Cause I know like the Daredevil stuff, that was all 13. And then they um, cut back on that, I think. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I can't remember. Um, this came out today. Mia Goth sued by a uh, background actor in Ma- on the Maxine set for a battery. You tell that guy to lay his fucking hands off my baby. <laughs> oh my god, Kevin. Don't, you don't put your baby in the corner. <laughs> That's the most cringeworthy thing you've ever fucking said, by the way. <laughs> oh, I'm sure I'd come up with worse. Remember my well, dad joke segments? Yeah, that was pretty bad. But yeah, <laughs> Mia Goth uh, being sued. Um, she's going to be careful in Hollywood. you got to be yeah. careful. Uh, Can't do doing. anything. Uh, Margot Robbie taking a break from acting after Barbie. Um, she doesn't want people to get sick of her. Uh, understandably, if you're everywhere in Hollywood, you don't want people to be sick of you. So uh, take a break for a little while. Makes sense. That's probably why she announced last week that she wasn't going to be Harley Quinn anymore. She's made enough uh, money, I'd say, at this point to where she can do that. Where somebody like, um, what's her name from Wednesday, Jenna Ortega, is jumping on everything because she knows her name's hot at this time. So she has to do everything that she can uh, work-wise, except for Scream 7. Um, so yeah, it's a good idea for Margot to step back now that she's probably trying to start a family too, because she just got married and yeah. did she have a kid or something recently? I don't know. I have no idea. I feel like she did. I don't know. Uh, Gerard Butler set to reprise his role from How to Train Your Dragon as the leader of the Dragon Clan. Um, Hiccup's dad. So yeah, uh, they're, that movie is going to be live action, bringing in a lot of the actors from that did the voice acting come in to play those roles. Mm-hmm. Um, Jacob Ellerdy, 
Um, is going Elrony or whatever is going to be cast as Frankenstein in his in Guillermo del Toro's Frankenstein remake. Yep. Replacing Andrew Garfield. I remember we talked about that a while ago. I don't know how Elrony is a great fucking actor. Um, you probably haven't seen anything he's in because you haven't seen Saltburn and you never watched Euphoria. No. He's fucking. He's a good actor. Um, Garfield, of course, is a great actor. I don't know how I feel about this. I like them both. Okay. Um, we talked about this this last week. Mickey Seventeen, starring Robert Pattinson, um, completely removed from the release calendar. So go back last week and erase that from your memory. That's not coming out yes. this year, at least as far as we know, or at um, least when it was supposed to. When was was this going to be a fall movie to begin with? Uh, March 29th it was supposed to come out. Okay, and so Godzilla it could come out at some point. Godzilla we'll versus Kong is taking that spot. That's why it was removed from the schedule. So okay, it could be just moved up. Who know? Who knows? Yeah. But we'll have to wait and see. Um. Disney Plus also moving um, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes up two weeks as well. Instead of coming out May 24th, it's coming out closer to the beginning of the month of May oh, 10th. thank God. Because remember we were talking about how crowded that weekend is? It I'm is very one of those crowded. movies moved. Yep. I'm glad one of, the, one of the two movies that we're going to see moved. Because yep. we probably weren't going to see Garfield. No, no. Unless so. unless it gets rave reviews like Barbie, but we'll have to wait and yeah. see. Um, Sony also pushed Ghostbusters Frozen Empire's release up one week. And now coming out on uh, March 22nd. Um, and they also released the Empire Magazine released three covers, um, covers of the original uh, actors from the first movie of Afterlife, and the returning characters from the 1980s Ghostbusters. Um, you got Bill Murray, Aykroyd, um, and what's her name? The please, uh, what's her name? The secretary, and uh, Ernie is Ernie Hudson who plays. Uh, who plays the black guy, the token black guy in Ghostbusters. Um, yeah, and then also Slimer's there too. Uh, the villains, some of the ghosts, the Ecto-1's in there. So yeah, um, excited for this movie. Excited to see where the story goes out there back in New York in a very new original story. Um, also, there's a Empire uh, uh, exclusive ex- subscriber cover with the mini Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and, and with an NYC cup being crushed and swimming in a hot looks like a hot chocolate path so um i might have to get these uh glow-in-the-dark covers and put them in a uh, thing and put them on the wall they do look very cool um they do look dope i haven't seen these movies i know you added this to the notes i want to talk about it too uh 28 yes. years later sequel um 28 days later 28 weeks later um starring i don't know why i haven't seen it because I know um, the first one had... Um... Yeah, this is the movie that introduced me to his, uh, Killian Murphy. Yeah. Um, the first movie is awesome. But it's funny, like this almost feels like it's starting a uh, another trilogy and they just didn't do the third movie where it should have been 28 months later. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. Uh, 28, I can't believe you haven't seen 28 Days Later. Nope. Uh, but that was before you were into zombie stuff, before you started watching The Walking Dead and stuff like that. Right, right. Uh, that movie is fucking awesome. Uh, nice. The zombies in that are just completely scary. It's it's very good. I don't remember much about the sequel. I know I saw it at least once or twice. But, uh, yeah, 28 Days Later is phenomenal. Okay, so this is 28 years later. Um, original director, original writer, um, Danny Boyle and Alex Garland are coming back for this. So, good. yeah. Um, uh, Tom Cruise signed a deal with Warner Brothers, an exclusive deal to, to develop and produce original and franchise films for them. Um, coming back to Tom Cruise, this is going to be a Warner Brothers exclusive. So, I can't remember what movies he did with Warner Brothers, but there's a lot of mo- potential sequels that they could do there. So, we'll, yeah, we'll and go I back mean, to 
I think he's still allowed to work with Paramount, obviously, yes. and Universal, yeah. on or are both For, Top Gun and Mission both at Paramount. But he's allowed to do yeah, those movies sure. that he's already a part of. Yeah. Um, so, good for him. Also, Paul Thomas Anderson, who is a director, I think the last movie he did was Licorice Pizza, right? Um, yeah. Doing a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio, Sean Penn, and Regina Hall on title, starting production in, I think, a couple weeks on the 21st. This is good. I'm glad that people are, I mean, I everyone tells me, or at least Snyder Bros tell me that Warner Brothers is broke and no one wants to work with them, so I'm glad that He's, they're getting some of the best in the business to actually work with them. Yep. Um, I don't know if a lot of this is uh, it's easier to sell because if they did want to sell, being like, well, you get Tom Cruise for the next ten years if you buy us, like that right. might up the price. I don't know, but uh, it's nice that they're they're going into business with uh, really really good uh, people in Hollywood. Yep. Uh, twenty twenty five is looking like a stacked year for movies, yeah, and they announced no this week that Michael, the biopic directed by Anton Fuqua is going to be coming out in 2025, starring his nephew, Jafar Jackson. I think it's Jermaine's yeah. son, I believe. Yeah, um, it's Jermaine's. So yeah, that's coming out in 2025. I can't wait for that. Um, I can't. I, well, I, 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 I don't know how good of an actor this kid is. He has been in other things, so that's good. It's not like just a complete Nepo casting. But, uh, but Anton, Anton Foucault is he, a very good director. And I was going to say, Anton Foucault does not fuck around. Right, I don't think it would fuck around with something like casting yeah. or something like this. It's a big, yeah. big deal. It's this is a huge deal. If yeah. you think about all the biopics that have come out recently, everything from the Remy Malek movie, the fucking Elvis movie, and, and I'm John Elton, like I'm pretty sure that the family said they're going to tackle everything. They're not going to even hold back on the. Sex Hopefully, stuff. it's R-rated. Yeah, so we'll have to wait and see. Um, a Gene Wilder documentary. I believe this comes out in March. Um, it has yep. me- interviews from Mel Brooks, Alan Alda. It finally got a distributor. It's coming out in March. I can't wait for this. I love Gene Wilder. We talked about it a few too. weeks ago with Walker. Especially after rewatching uh, the movie a few weeks yep. ago. I fucking yep. I can't wait for this documentary. Yeah, me too. I forget how um, good he was. Sam's Club. BJ's. We have BJ's around here. Sam's Club, uh, very popular around the country. Owned by Walmart. Um, where you where you go in? It's a it's a uh, club membership where you pay a monthly you pay a yearly fee. You go in, you buy bulk items in bulk, in surplus, and you same go as in, BJ's. Same as BJ's, um, and you go in, and at the end when you when you're done, they don't bag anything. They go in and they look at your receipt. The, the person standing at the front looks at your receipt, makes sure that you paid for everything that's in your cart, and then you walk out. Now, they're getting rid of that completely. They're going to be putting a door at the at the exit. They're going to be putting a portal at the exit where an AI is going to look at your cart, see what you have in there, and they don't. I don't even think they're going to be looking at your receipt. They're just going to know you from being in there, and they're going to see the shit that you had in your cart, and they're going to and they're going to do it without having anybody at the door anymore. They're going to be doing it all through AI, all through computer, all through <laughs> video cameras, and spying on you while you're while you're doing it. Probably video cameras in the cart as well. So, yeah, that's the future, people. AI is taking over. Speaking of AI, I wish I got clips of this because it's fuck. I've heard it so many times this week on every other podcast, so maybe it's a good thing I didn't. But AI-generated George Carlin dropped a one-hour comedy special on YouTube. George Carlin, Gar, uh, George Carlin I'm Glad I'm Dead. Completely is it no ar- longer on YouTube? No, it's still there. Completely artificial intelligence-generated. Um, by this weird fucking host. Um, of course, his daughter came out saying that she she slammed him for doing it. 
Um, the guy came out saying it's a parody, kind of like everything else on YouTube. This is not yep. really George Carlin, so he may get away with it. Um, I think there could be a lawsuit there as well because it's not funny as hell. It kind of ruins his legacy, to be honest with you. But um, her statement was, my dad spent a lifetime predict perfecting his craft from his very human life, brain, and imagination. No machine will ever replace his genius, which is 100% correct. George Carlin would never have agreed to this in 100 no. years. So um, she's right on that. Um, it's a scary time for AI. Um, we talk about it all the time. But uh, Speaking of Madam Web, they released the first picture of Dakota Johnson in her superhero uniform. Oh, God. And I got to tell you, this looks fucking true. Tr yeah, looks, I saw the preview uh, again before Beekeeper, and it just looks so bad. Looks I'll bad. Be there it day looks one. like a B. I can't wait to. I'm gonna hate watch this movie. It looks like a B. Wait. It looks like a B movie Spider Man. It looks like it looks horrible, like a television. Looks like it was special. I was say it doesn't look like it's made for TV. It looks like it was made for Lifetime. Yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> like, what it looks like. I mean, I'm gonna see it day one because so Sophie Sweeney, but I think the only thing that this movie is gonna do is it's kind of it's gonna be a it's, it's set in I think tw uh, 2005. And I believe that Ben Parker and May Parker are going to be a big part of it as far as an origin yes. story to Peter. Yes. Um, so I'll have to wait and oh, see. While we're talking about Spider-Man real quick, uh, Ultimate Spider-Man issue 1 came out this week, and nice. I read it, nice. and it's fucking awesome. Nice. Peter Parker is living uh, a life without being Spider-Man. May and Ben are still around. Um, Interesting. It's pretty cool like somebody goes back and fucks with time and tony stark's the only one that knows about it so spider-man didn't become spider-man um it's a pretty good little comic issue one's out now nice um so yeah madam web comes out in a few weeks i'm sure we'll watch it i'm also probably gonna be watching morbius by then so stay tuned oh um, uh, yes yes you should do, do the morbius and madam web back-to-back -back, yeah um oh, features gosh. and then we'll review them on the pod fucking torture yes. in February. Just what I need with all this fucking snow coming. Um, Iron Fist rumored to be appearing in the animated series Eyes of Wakanda for MCU. Um, we have a lot to wait and see on that. That was a big rumor this week. Speaking of rumors... I wonder if they were just... Because they just made a canon if they would bring him back. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But, but speaking of rumors, big rumor this week was Marvel Studios' Fantastic Four movie um, yes. could be shot in Super 8 on Super 8 film like they did in, back in the day. Um, given the MCU debut, a very aesthetic look, period look from 1960s. This is what the rumors is of this movie. I think it's going to be more like The Wizard of Oz, where the beginning of the movie is set in the 60s, and they're sent to the future, and it becomes a big widescreen, yeah. beautiful um, Steve Ditko-like painting, which would nice. be fantastic. So uh, that's what I'm hoping. Um, also, speaking of that, which I told you, we go back to Pedro Pascal. He dropped out of a <sighs> horror film, The Barbarian, um, due to Fantastic Four commitment. From The Barbarian director. Okay, yeah, that's right. Sorry. And, Which sucks because that guy's awesome. Um, yeah, he dropped out of that due to his uh, commitment to the Fantastic Four because that movie was pushed back to the end of the year. He yep. was going to be doing Last of Us Season 2, Fantastic Four, and that movie. He had enough time to do it. Now, in order for him to have enough time and to Mando. do it... <laughs> and Mando, too. And in order for him to have enough time to do that, I don't think he was going to be in Last of Us Season 2 that long. I no. think they were going to do it like the video game. And yep. they were going to kill him off. Spoiler alert. Pretty early. Yeah. Um, in order to do all that shit, because he is the number one hardest working person in Hollywood right now, because everybody wants him in their franchise. Um, he is the franchise actor at the moment. Chris Pratt was five years ago. Now it's Pedro Pascal. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. There's still no official word from, from Marvel and Disney of the casting. All the tabloids are saying that he's that he's Reed Richards in the Fantastic Four. No official word yet I'm on any of the other casting. Doom. <laughs> 
I hope so too, but I wouldn't be mad if he was. I, it's just kind of a weird casting, but I wouldn't be yeah, mad just, if he was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I think he would be fine if he was, anyways. It's just right now, it just it just feels odd. It feels odd. Um, well, but we'll have to wait. I like Matt Shackman. He, he did great on yeah. Division, so we'll have to wait and see. Also, Zombies, Marvel Zombies is TVMA. I forgot to bring that up. It's going to be um, rated rated TVMA, so there's going to be a lot of blood, guts, gore. Is this a whole series? The, the, this is an animated, animated series on uh, Disney+. Okay. Plus. Yeah. And I think it's already pretty much done. They're just waiting to release it this year sometime. Also a shot from, I believe I believe it was some sort of a um, advertising thing that leaked. Of, yes. Of Hugh, Jackman, in, Hugh Jackman's uh, Wolverine mask. Um, I posted it in the notes, but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it is a thing. It's going to happen in the movie. We already knew it with the white eyes, kind of like Deadpool has the white eyes. He's going to have the white eyes too. Um, I can't wait for that. I can't wait to see that movie. It's probably my number one movie of the year, um, comic book movie especially. But um, so finally in news, I know you're excited about this because of one of the actresses. But let's talk about the first two: uh, Amelia Jones, Meg Donnelly, are. Meg Donnelly is the voice of Supergirl in the in one of the DC animated series. I think the new one that just came out, right? So they are they are screen testing for the new Supergirl movie that's coming out, mm-hmm. and the other person is Millie Alcott from yep. House of Dragon, who played yep. the very very beginning um, leader of the Dragon Clan or whatever. I can't remember her name now. Um, but all of them are t- are testing for this role. In Supergirl, um, and uh, this seems like it's being fast tracked as well, and probably in production by the end of the year. The way the way the casting, I would say so. Out. I should hope. Yeah. Um, of these three, I think I'm about a quarter through the book, as I have right here, nice. um, that the movie is based on. And I think Meg would probably be the best choice, just based on looks. Okay. Um, I do like Millie Alcock a lot, obviously as an actress. Um, yeah. yeah, she's very good. But again, we haven't seen the script, so hopefully they just pick the person that's right for the role. Yeah. Um, and I like all three of these uh, choices uh, in general, but I do think Meg probably has the upper hand on it. Yeah. Um, if these are the three that are actually auditioning, a lot of times stuff like this is just like people like will like follow James Gunn. And they'll be like, "Up, oh, this person's auditioning for a part." Yeah. So who knows? I know Gunn released a statement about this, and where he's like, "I can't really comment on it because." What if some of it's true? What if some of it isn't? Like, I didn't put this out there, like, because he just gets backlash every time he posts anything. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think any three of these would be a good choice, though, um, without a doubt. Yep, looking forward to hearing about that. And that's it for news. That's it for the show. Next week, a new movie came out on Hulu this week, starring Jake Johnson from New Girl, um, Jurassic yes. World. I just listened um, to the uh, interview with him and. Uh, He's, he's, funny a, he's a good. He's a funny dude. If you've I guess during seen... COVID, during COVID, he did this thing where he would let, he would basically do free cameos for children as nice. Spider-Man. Nice. Um, and then he'd like get letters from like dudes that were like, "I live alone. I'm 41. Like, I'm really fucking depressed. Can you just try to cheer me up?" So he would end up doing free cameos for like grown ass men awesome. just because. Um, yeah, good dude. And the movie I heard is really good. Yeah, uh, Self Reliance. Self Reliance yep. on Hulu. Um, it's kind of like a Hunger Games meets. Uh, um, Bounty Hunter. Uh, I heard it looks, was similar to good. like the movie A Game. That's uh, I heard like too. similar like that. Like he's playing a game the entire time. So yep. we'll see. Um, what if season two episode, the last of those episodes, I'm going to try to review those and watch those. And okay. we're going to continue the Ted series, finish that up. Um, so we I got, can't we got wait a lot, to watch we, that tonight. We got, a lot, we got a lot to watch. So we'll watch that for next week. And that's it for the show. 
Um, thank you, everyone, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Bye-bye.